Well, if I was to get a time machine and ask you about five weeks ago what type of virus you thought might have an effect on your agency, I think that you'd give me a really different answer than you would today. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast, Planet of the Agents, Planet of the Agents, where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads, this is Dave Baker. Welcome, welcome. Thank you once again for tuning into the show. I am so glad to have you all with me. I do wish that this episode was being made under better circumstances, but it's going to give us a new topic to address that many of you probably had not foreseen. So, it's March, and we're now dealing with something totally new in our society, the coronavirus, or COVID-19. Let's talk about how that's going to affect your agency and some of the things that you need to do to make a plan of action. The first thing to remember is don't panic. Make a plan. Things are probably going to change in the near future, and none of us can really foresee what's about to happen in the world of business or in people's personal lives. There could be some chaos. Who knows? There are probably going to be a lot of people out there who are going to panic and change their lives. Look, we live in a world where people think that Asia is a country, or Europe is a country and not a continent. There are people who think that the coronavirus is linked to the beer. So in a place like that, you have to think that anything could happen. But one of my favorite sayings comes to mind right now, and that is, chance favors the well-prepared. So it's time to talk about your plan for your agency and what could happen, because we don't know what's going to happen. Here's the thing. This is probably going to affect a lot of industries. Obviously, in just a few short weeks, it's already hitting the travel industry, cruise lines and airlines and other forms of transportation. You look at movie theater stocks, as you can imagine, they're not heading upwards. So we might start to see businesses close. You might start to see layoffs. And obviously, people are going to be reshopping things. And what could happen is... We could see people cancel. For those of us who write commercial insurance, we might start seeing cancellations or, of course, people asking for ways to reduce their cost. This is a logical expectation. If you live in a state that uses mileage for pricing auto insurance, you could see people starting to call about their pricing because they might start saying things like, well, I work from home now, so I'm not a commuter. I want you to change my policy. They might say that they only use their vehicle for pleasure use. Well, if you live in one of those states that uses mileage as a rating factor for auto insurance, it's going to be an interesting conversation because there are obviously a lot of carriers that want you to use a certain amount of mileage. Um, of course, they always want you to be truthful and use the correct information, but it's going to be a difficult thing to deal with overall when people say that they're not using their car. Is that actually going to happen? Maybe. It's not going to happen to every industry. I recently had a friend tell me that he thinks that 75% of people will be told to work at home. Well, I don't know what world he lives in. Well, actually I do, let me tell you. It's a tech world, and in the tech world that's possible. 
but there are many people who have to go to a place of work to conduct their business. You can't go to the supermarket and have all the employees working from home or there'll be no one there to help you. It's, it's going to affect different industries in a different way. I am concerned about the effect of all of the work from home that it's going to probably happen and the effect it could have on commercial accounts, meaning that landlords could start seeing numerous vacancies. And if you write lessers risk, uh, for those of you in the personal lines world, lessers risk is similar to the landlord policy of the commercial world. Um, then you might start seeing vacancies and that's going to change the terms of their insurance policies. If businesses close, uh, you might have to switch what type of policy they have and that will give you extra work and you won't be getting extra pay for it. So that is something to look forward to. Is this going to happen tomorrow? Not necessarily, no. It's a buildup over time. You have to realize, of course, that there are lagging indicators. You have things like uh, delays in shipments or shipments that are already bound for the United States for certain products, for people who sell products. And now there's going to be a manufacturing delay. So perhaps they'll have enough inventory for a certain amount of time. And then those businesses might be hurt later. Imagine all those e-commerce businesses that depend on imports from China. They might see their manufacturing slow to a crawl. They have some inventory and then slowly it will go away. Now, look, this isn't like a fire or a volcano or an earthquake. There's time to prepare for this. You're not getting surprised where all of a sudden there's molten lava pouring down the street or the earth has cracked in two and buildings have been destroyed. You have quite a bit of time to prepare. So let's take a look at how this can affect your agency based on your setup and what you can do. Depending on the location of your agency and how it's run, you're gonna to have to make different potential changes. First, let's talk about retail agencies, meaning retail storefronts, those that are in a strip mall or even in standalone buildings where you have a sign on the street and people walk into your office to do business. I feel like those might be the ones that are the most affected in the near term. Because if you look at the streets in a lot of major cities, you're seeing a ghost town. We're all getting different snippets of news from different sources. And sometimes you'll see a city on television and it looks totally normal. And sometimes you'll see a place where it looks like a ghost town already. It's like The Walking Dead, but without the zombies. Now, when I walked by restaurants in the last two days, they've looked packed to me. It didn't seem like anyone really cared. But I am starting to hear more and more people telling me they're thinking about spending more time at home. This has really ramped up in the last few days, and I think it's going to start happening a little bit more and more. So if you have an agency that depends on walk-in clients, you want to make sure you've got a few things up to date. First, Make sure that you've updated your phone recordings, meaning your outgoing message when someone calls in. Make sure that on the phone system, you have your email address or some alternative form of contact information available. I know that some of you have already implemented text messaging, so it is possible that your customers will text you, but if you have that service, you might want to remind them on the outgoing message. You might also want to let them know that you might not have your traditional business hours. I'm sure that some people depend on you to be open a certain time, such as 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and that might not be realistic. I also think it's good on your outgoing message to include additional important phone numbers. 
One example might be a carrier service center or a phone number where a client can call a carrier directly to make a payment with an electronic system. Many of the carriers are going to have more efficient plans in place than a small local agency. For example, some service centers probably can completely run with the employees working at home thanks to modern technology with voice over IP phones and things like that. So they could run a whole service center potentially with well over 100 or 200 people and have nobody actually go to the office. Next, if you have people who come to your office frequently, consider posting some signs in the window with important content information. I don't just mean your company's contact information. Logically, though, you do want to provide your email address so that people can reach you electronically, but also provide a list of carrier phone numbers and websites where people can make payments. Some people I know who run retail storefront agencies spend a lot of time accepting payments at their office, and this might be a great time to modernize and teach your customers that they can call phone numbers that have interactive voice response or other forms of payment processing that can be done via the telephone system or via a website. So consider placing a list of carrier phone numbers, specifically the payment phone numbers, as well as service center phone numbers if they're available, and the websites where people can make a payment. You might want to even encourage them to take a picture with their cell phone so that they'll know how to make a payment when they can't get to you. Next, I'm thinking about office-based and home-based agents. If you're home-based and you're staying at home, you might not see that much disruption. If you work out of your house and you're just going to continue working out of your house, it might not be a big deal. If you work out of a co-working space like a WeWork or one of the other collaborative workspaces out there, you might start to see that thinning out. You might not see people showing up so much anymore. I have friends who work in these types of spaces and they tell me that uh, they're already like wasteland, so to speak. They have nobody there and they're just the people working at the front desk and the insurance agent and maybe a handful of visitors and other people, but nothing like the usual hustle and bustle of those places. That's going to fall into the office-based category. So let's talk about office-based and retail now together. You're probably going to have a situation where people are going to need to work from home. So the first question I like to ask is, do you have cloud access or remote access for you and your team? If you're not familiar with the concept of the cloud, it would be a virtual form of storage. For example, instead of having files on a local hard drive or perhaps still in the filing cabinet, you would have them in the cloud, so to speak. And there are many different systems that are available that will allow you to place shared files for you and your team. That could be very helpful if you've not implemented that. For example, do you have important reference items that are printed on paper that everyone needs to use regularly? This is an excellent time to scan them and get them into some sort of cloud or remotely accessible service that you can use no matter where you are. I use several cloud services and it's amazing how much business I can actually do from just my phone or my tablet or my laptop. I don't enjoy doing business from my cell phone. It's not a pleasure. I don't like looking at tiny documents on a little screen, but this is a unique situation and it may be a time when you need to do that. Now, obviously, I want to remind you to be careful with your data. The last thing in the world you need is a breach. So you want to make sure to follow all the appropriate protocols for securing your data when you place it in any type of cloud service or remotely accessible service. Make sure you have good firewalls and 
you have strong passwords. Remember that, strong passwords. If you don't know what a strong password is, I would say that you should Google it because there are entire websites dedicated to teaching you how to make strong passwords. I have actually still seen people who use the original password that they were given when their login was created. And that's just unbelievable to me because that password might be issued to a thousand people. Next, remember that your clients depend on you and business might be harder in the near future. So what does this mean? I don't just mean doing business will be harder in the sense of processing things, but I mean it might be harder to obtain business. It might be harder to get new customers. If you're focused on commercial, I don't know what we're going to see. We might not see as many people starting businesses for some time. That could be six months. That could be a year. That could be longer. We don't know what's going to happen. So you want to make sure to retain your business. I'm sure you've heard numerous times that it's much cheaper to keep a customer than to get a new customer. It's also much more efficient to cross-sell a current customer than to acquire a new customer. If you don't have any sort of cross-selling plan in place and you depend on new leads all the time and you're constantly looking for new business, this would be an amazing time to develop a strong cross-selling plan. You probably have a lot of clients who have only one policy that certainly need additional coverage. Next, make sure that you have a plan of action for how you will assign tasks. Let's imagine that you're what I like to call, again, the traditional local agency, where you have three to seven people, two of which you might be related, and those two might actually live together. Obviously, it's going to be easy to communicate with someone when you live with them. But if you're now working for the first time with a remote team, meaning, again, that your team is not working at a centralized location such as your office, you want to have some sort of system where you can assign tasks. There are a lot of free software programs out there and websites that let you assign tasks to each other, like Asana or Trello. Both of these are fairly easy to use. You don't have to have a lot of knowledge of how to use different types of software, and you can assign tasks to different people on a team. I find this to be significantly more efficient. I'm always shocked when I see how many post-it notes I see when I go into an agency. I'll see someone have 20 post-it notes on their desk. Now, look, I understand. I like paper, too. I, I like to read an actual magazine. I, I do like using post-it notes from time to time. But overall, in the interest of efficiency, you might find that using these task managers is a great way to communicate, to leave messages for people, and to really check the status of something. When you use a task manager, people can often make comments on it. And they could say, well, I started this quote and I contacted him or her and I've now work, been working on the next quote and we have this appointment set up. So you can just check on the task and see if that person needs any help. You can reassign them to each other. It's really great. It, and it's amazing that you can actually use so much of this software for free. I'm fortunate that I was able to find some software online that I could use for free because of the size of my team. Obviously, if you have 100 agents and 250 CSRs, you're going to possibly need something a little more significant. Next, do you have any upcoming renewals you need to work on? If you work in commercial, particularly selling surplus lines or specialty policies that require renewal applications, you're going to want to plan ahead. 
you might start to see carriers and MGAs and surplus lines broker processing things at a slower rate. And this is because they might also have to adjust by having people work from home, not having people in the same place, using online chat. It's going to probably shake things up a little and it could create delays. So plan ahead. Don't wait till the last minute. Make sure to get your renewal notices out to the customers who require additional information and make sure to get that information back to the underwriters as quickly as possible. Next, do you have a way to communicate with your team efficiently and electronically when you are working remotely? Do you have some sort of chat program or instant messaging program? I find it useful to have two things in my instant messaging program. One is a group chat where I can address multiple people at the same time and I can communicate with members of the team by kind of making a broadcast message. Then the chat software can also be used so that I can communicate with members of the team directly. I can check on the status of something. I can get quick updates without having to pick up the telephone. If you're accustomed to working in an office with multiple people, switching to using chat is going to be a change and you will see that there is uh, some time wasted and some pointless conversations that somehow seem to take place via chat software. Now, keep in mind here, I'm referring to chat software specifically to communicate internally, and I'm not referring to online chat software that you should implement on your website. On that topic, have you implemented online chat software on your website? Once again, this is an amazingly low-cost thing that you can put on your website to reduce the number of phone calls you get. You would be surprised how many people love to use online chat. You've probably communicated with a business via online chat at some point recently, and doesn't that make you think that your customers might like to speak to you that way as well? I found it really, really efficient. I constantly see people asking for applications or asking for a phone number, and rather than calling, they'll use the online chat, and I have built templates that help them find the information that they're looking for and allow me to give them a really quick and efficient answer. And it's done in a way that is like a standard operating procedure, which is really important. That way you're conveying the same information over and over without having to constantly look up something or confirm something. So if you have not implemented online chat, now is a good time to also look at doing something like that. It also can train customers to use that service instead of phone calls. I used to receive on average somewhere between 70 and 100 or more phone calls a day at our agency. Today, we have people text us, send emails, use the website, and use the online chat service quite frequently. The number of phone calls has plummeted, and for my business model, I find that to be just wonderful. Next, let's think about the future. There is a possibility that your income may decline in the future or you may see cancellations. So one good way to deal with that is to take note of your expenses. Now might be actually a great time to review your costs and all of the things that you spend money on. When you sit down and you look at your credit card bill and you look at your business checking account and you look at all of the debits and all of the transactions, you might find that you're paying for services that you hardly ever use or that you're paying too much for a service that you do use, but perhaps you don't need something so robust. This week, 
I called my voice over IP phone provider and I mentioned to them that I wanted to ask about my bill and I had noticed that they had other plans available now that were much more competitive than what I was paying. I would say they were approximately one fifth the price, but I do have some add-on features. So I do understand that my plan would be a little bit more. When I called the representative, I mentioned it to them. He immediately pulled up my bill and said, you know what, I can cut these services from $25 to $5 a month, and he cut some other services from $20 to $10, and all in all, I saved 50% on my bill with one quick phone call. He actually told me I was on an old billing plan, and although I wish that they would have told me that there was a new alternative available, I understand that might not be their business practice, but the point here is that there is good opportunity to save on things. I did a review with a friend of mine and looked at some of their expenses and I kept saying, what is this charge? What is this charge? What is this other charge? And he knew what most of them were and some he wasn't sure, but said someone else in the office had signed them up for some service. And when I looked at it, I said, over the year, this is costing you $1,800 here and $200 a month here and another $2,400 a year here. And when you cut all those services out, it's amazing what you can save, especially if you don't actually use the service. I'm not saying you should cut out something that you use and that your business thrives on, but just do a review. It's a great time to take this uh, opportunity to make sure that your expenses are in line with what they should be. Next, I want to talk about making sure that your staff or your team is all on the same page. If you're potentially about to go from working in an office where you all see each other for the same eight hours or so every day to working at home, you'll probably see a reduction in efficiency at first, and you're going to have to stay on top of everything. You're going to need to make sure that everyone's on the same page. For example, let's say hypothetically that everyone is going to work at home. You might want to set a schedule where everyone checks in or you have a conference call or you use your online chat software to have a group chat and everyone can check in to have a sort of virtual meeting. Now, if you prefer to use webcams and microphones, once again, there's a ton of great software out there you can use and you can have free chats. You can have free video conference calls, free uh, voice only calls if you'd like. And as long as your team is small enough, often I see these limited to 15 or 25 or up to 40 attendees, you can have a virtual meeting for no cost and it keeps everyone kind of on the same page. Make sure that, of course, everyone is familiar not only with your standard operating procedures, but your business procedures. For example, even if you work at home, you still have to work on a certain schedule perhaps. That doesn't apply to everybody. But if you depend on people to answer the phones or to respond to emails during the business day or to communicate with underwriters, you might want to factor in the idea that people who have never worked at home are not accustomed to this type of schedule. I have several acquaintances and friends who tell me they work at home, and I often like to ask them these questions. When you work at home, do you find yourself doing your laundry in the middle of the day? And they all kind of smile and nod and say, well, yeah, of course. I say, what about your dog? Is your dog in the office with you? Do you sit around and pet the dog and play with the dog? You know, around three o'clock on a Tuesday. And they said, well, of course the dog's there with me. 
Of course he is. Well, here's the thing. If you were working in an office, that distraction would not be there. So you want to make sure that everybody is actually working and staying as efficient as possible and meeting their goals. Now, after speaking in the last few podcasts, a couple of people mentioned to me that they don't actually have any goals. <laughs> now, when I say that, I don't mean personal goals. I mean business goals. They don't have any KPIs. If you haven't heard that term, that means key performance indicators or metrics that they measure. Metrics is a very popular term now. For example, you might want to say, I expect someone in a certain role to answer 20 phone calls a day or to make 30 outbound phone calls a day and to execute and complete a certain number of quotes per day or follow-ups. And when you don't have these things and people just kind of work arbitrarily, Although that's fine for some people, that's probably not ideal for everybody. Now imagine a scenario where you've gone from seeing all of the people on your team or your staff working in your office and you can see what they're doing to a world where you have no idea what anyone is doing at any time. It's going to be a very different situation. In the resources section on planetoftheagents.com, I'm going to add a link for a service that I like that allows remote workers to log in and allows you to even see screenshots or see how often they're actually using certain web pages. It gives you a good opportunity to get a snapshot of the situation. So these are just a few of the potential things that you might need to deal with with the upcoming situation. Of course, I hope that all of this is just cured right away and we can all just go back to living life as normal but let's be realistic as it stands today we're just a few weeks into this coronavirus or covid19 and things are obviously changing a little if you're following the stock market i'm sure you've seen what's going on and it's shocking so for now we need to prepare so let's look at today's takeaways number one make a plan don't just try to wing it don't react. You want to prepare. So you have time to prepare for what you need to do. Number two, what is it you need to do? A major concept to use as a guideline is to make a smooth transition to whatever you're planning on doing. This really depends on your agency's setup and how many people you have involved on your staff and your business location. So that leads us to number three. You might have to switch to remote work which I expect to see more and more of in the future. So you'll need to make sure that you have remotely accessible information for your staff and that you do it all while maintaining strong cybersecurity guidelines. So when creating documents that you need to scan or when you put things into the cloud, make sure you do everything with complex passwords and that you use all of the appropriate security measures. Next, Make sure that your clients know who to call and what to do when you can't service them. If you're focused on a highly touched agency serviced model, it's going to be a little difficult because you're not going to have those carrier service centers or phone numbers people can necessarily call to get some form of customer service when you're not available. So I like the idea of making sure that your outgoing message on your phone system provides people with your email address and alternative contact information. 
If you do work with a lot of carrier service centers, you might want to add that contact information to your web page and to your outgoing message. Of course, I always remind people, it's important that people can email you because I think that in the future, of course, more and more people are going to use email or some form of electronic communication over a phone call. Therefore, make sure you have some sort of email message on your forwarding message. And if you have a retail storefront, consider posting things in the window that provide not only your contact information, but ways that clients can make payments and make policy changes by calling a carrier or an automated system. One item I did not touch on is voice over IP phones and forwarding. I'm thinking that most of you probably don't use old-fashioned phone systems anymore. And if you use any sort of internet phone system or voice over IP phone or what's called an IP phone, then you might be able to set up call forwarding or other forms of call routing. And you might be able to create additional outgoing messages. For example, you could say something like press 2 for the phone numbers of how to reach a carrier, press 3 for our email address, things like that. Take advantage of the services because a lot of these phone systems have really good advanced services. You can have them even work on a schedule. So after hours, it could transfer to your cell phone or voicemails might be emailed to you. There are just a lot of amazing things out there. Most importantly, none of us were expecting this. And I was just uh, joking for a moment with a friend today when we said, remember the good old days when we heard about the economy booming and the Dow Jones was going to hit 30,000 and the S&P 500 was going up and up and up every day. You know, the good old days, the roaring February 2020s. That was just uh, less than two weeks ago. And here we are today dealing with a new situation. But that's okay. Insurance has been around for hundreds of years and it will continue to be there. So don't worry. We're in the early days. The modern world gives us amazing opportunity to work remotely. It's not like it was a long time ago when we depended on the yellow pages and hanging a shingle outside your door and hoping someone would walk by and purchase a policy. It's a different world now, and it's got its ups and its downs. But use the technology to your advantage. If you're not using any technology, this is a great time to look at implementing some things. I'm going to try to add more uh, services to the resources section on planetoftheagents.com. Now, as always, if you have any questions or want to have me discuss something on a future episode or you have any comments, I would absolutely love to get them. Feel free to send an email to team at planetoftheagents.com. That's team, T-E-A-M, at planetoftheagents.com. Not only do I welcome your compliments, I welcome your suggestions your episode ideas, and any constructive criticism. I love to get that. I really enjoy helping other agents and being involved in the insurance agent community. Of course, I definitely appreciate you subscribing to the newsletter on planetoftheagents.com and, of course, subscribing to the podcast. With that being said, stay strong during this time. Keep hustling. There is unlimited opportunity, even in a down market. Make sure to tune in again next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.